From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplugged Roundtable email edition for June 26th, 2008 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Warner, joined this week by Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Will Perry, and Walter Eccles. Uh, John and Kevin are on vacation. They called in uh, yesterday, if you didn't listen to yesterday's show, with uh, the discussion show with uh, our discussion with uh, John and Kevin. Kevin's uh, sauna story is something you definitely want to go listen to. That was pretty funny. But uh, I do want to mention something before we get started. A few of you have uh, emailed or called in commenting about the sound quality of uh, the voicemails that we've been playing the past few weeks. Um, I've been using my new toy to uh, insert the voicemails into the show. It's saving, it really has saved a substantial amount of time in post production doing it that way. But I'm getting enough complaints now where. For the time being, we're going to go back to doing it the old way while I figure out how to uh, uh, get this thing to play them the way I want them to. So um, I apologize for that, and like I said, we'll be doing them the old-fashioned way, so you don't have to listen to scratchy scratchy voicemails. But uh, now if you do want to uh, leave us a voicemail um, or send us an email for the show, you just need to give us a call toll-free in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, one eight seven seven. Three one zero nine six six two, and by email it's podcast at wdwinfo.com and of course this information can be found on our show notes page podcast.wdwinfo.com so we've got a lot of uh, voicemails and I'll tell you something you guys really uh, responded to the call I asked for voicemails you gave me a lot it's been great I want more keep them coming we've got some really really good voicemails I'm going to try and get as many uh, on the show as I possibly can. Um, but uh, absolutely, keep calling in with those voicemails. They're, they've been really, really good. And uh, actually, we've been getting, um, a couple of weeks ago, I asked you know some of our West Coast listeners if they go to Disneyland and uh, on a kind of regular basis, if they'd be interested in uh, being a correspondent on the show, uh, a West Coast correspondent. And we've gotten a number of responses. Uh, a lot of people are leaving like little audition voicemails for us. And uh, we're not going to make any decisions until John and Kevin get back and everybody's here and then we can listen to all of them and make our decisions. But please, keep those coming in. If you're out in the West Coast, and uh, I'm probably going to pick two or three people, so it's not just going to one person. So uh, if you're out in the West Coast and you think you'd like to be our one of our West Coast correspondents for the show, it is not a paying position, but we will do nice stuff for you. I don't know what yet, but I'll figure that out. We try and take care of our our volunteers as much as possible. We need to say hi to the limo lady. We had our, all of our listeners call. Yeah, actually, I'm going to be giving her a call after we're done recording. <laughs> um, the uh, call-in show, uh, our test call-in show this uh, past week, um, apparently I transposed one of the numbers when I posted the uh, toll-free number on the boards, and there was a, a lady <laughs> at a limo company in Birmingham, Alabama, <laughs> who said she got more phone calls than she's ever gotten in her life, so... <laughs> Maybe she'll get some business from it. Well, we're definitely gonna. I'm definitely gonna call her and apologize and um, offer to you know reimburse her for any charges that because there was they were calling on her her uh, 800 number 
and you, you have know. to pay for those calls. So, <laughs> you know, if there was a, a bill run up there, I do, uh, on, uh, you know, I do want to honor that. But uh, yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Corey. <laughs> I, I really want to talk about that in the show. <laughs> um, any anything else you want to discuss, like in chat last night about Mousefest? You have the power of editing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we um, Corey kind of let it slip in chat last night that we are planning on doing Mousefest this year. We weren't. Um, I wasn't one hundred percent ready to announce that, but I let um, a lot of things slip in chat. Oops. <laughs> yeah, really. Thanks, Corey. Uh, what about Peter? What? <laughs> Being all dirty. What? What was I doing? Look, now he's acting all innocent like he didn't do oh, anything right. wrong. Because of the nude pictures? <laughs> Walter's lost. You weren't reading along behind no. him? Are you kidding? I can't even get him to listen to the show. You want me to get him <laughs> in the chat room? I do listen to the show. Walter's like back here. Yeah, I listen to the show. No, that's going to be that's going to do great I for this app quality. Listen to the show. We're going to strap the you reincarnation, to that The reincarnation of Bob over here <laughs> is what we got going on. He was... He was looking at some of his emails, and you know, one of the one of the emails he's going to read is a question about Yak and Yeti, which he called Yank and Yeti. <laughs> he wanted to know what that was. <laughs> I'm like, oh lord, we shouldn't have so told him. Don't want to eat there. Let him believe that. <laughs> all right, so with all of that out of the way, let's go ahead and get to our first voicemail. Um, uh, Kathy in South Carolina has some uh, suggestions on an alternative to the Bibbidi-Bobbidi Boutique in the event your daughter feels it's too childish to get dolled up as a princess. So here is Kathy. Hi, guys at the Diz. I was just listening to this week's podcast, and I wanted to give you um, one quick tip about the uh, Bibbidi-Bobbidi Boutique that you guys were talking about. Um, I have a 10-year-old daughter who just thinks that, you know, she's really not quite cool to go to the Bippity Boppity Boutique, even though she loves the hairstyles and, and seeing all the kids with the glitter in their hair. Um, so what we did for her was took her to the Main Street Barbershop, where she got to have um, the colors put in her hair and have a hairstyle done in glitter and things like that. Um, and that worked out great for us. It's a much cheaper price, and they're, you know we got in fairly quickly in off-season um, in March, and it was just a great experience, and made her feel like a princess, too. All right. Well, thank you very much for that, Kathy. Actually, that's a, a good suggestion. I forgot they can do that over at the uh, yeah. the barbershop. Too bad Bob is, Bob's not here. That's something I could have sent him to do, go get his hair spiked up and colored and painted. He would have went with bells on. Oh, he would have. And then he, came in, he came in every week saying, I'm getting my hair colored next week. And then driving <laughs> that cart around. You know, you could picture it. You could picture it. So, But, uh, well, thank you very much uh, again, Kathy, for that. We appreciate it. Um, now, last week, uh, Will did his very first segment on the show uh, about the Richard Petty driving experience and got a lot, of good, uh, a lot of good feedback from our listeners. also got a couple of voicemails, so I thought I'd play a couple of those. Uh, the first comes to us from Teresa, and here's what she has to say. Hi, podcast team. This is Teresa from Fort Worth, Texas. Thank you so much for the podcast every week. I really enjoy it. I particularly enjoyed Will's segment on the Richard Petty driving experience. I myself am not a race car fan, but when he reported about the driving experience, he really said it was worth the $400. And that was kind of important to me because I have a trip planned with my husband, my sister, and my two nephews who are 19 and 22. The men in the group are not necessarily park fans like my sister and I, so we always have to find things for them to do while we hit the parks. 
usually we send them golfing at the Magnolia Golf Course or one of the other golf courses. And when you golf during prime time and rent clubs, it runs about $200 a person. So these outside-the-park experiences can get kind of expensive. Well, my idea for a segment is, hey, will Will think it's worth it? I thought we could send Will or you could send Will on some excursions like the fishing excursion, the parasailing at the Contemporary, the surfing class at Typhoon Lagoon, afternoon tea at the Grand Floridian, a Disney quest, and perhaps a couple of tours like the Epcot Seas Aqua Tour or the Wild by Design Tour in the Animal Kingdom. See, if Will thinks it's worth it for the price, it might be worth it to send the boys on. So I thought, instead of using my money, if we send Will and use Pete's money, then I can get a good evaluation on some of the adventures that maybe other podcast members don't necessarily appreciate. Once again, love the podcast. Thank you for all you do, and have a great day. Well, thank you very much for that, uh, Teresa. That's actually a, it's, it's a, it's a good idea, but I've got to tell you that it's an idea that's already uh, in motion. Correct. Um, Corey and Will are going to be doing a series of uh, uh, segments uh, coming up. I think. Well, this is really kind of the Richard Petty thing was the first one yeah. uh, called or- Extreme Orlando. And uh, as a matter of fact, the three of them are going to be uh, well, uh, Corey, Will, and Walter are going to be uh, going and doing the um, fishing excursion uh, for one of the shows we're going to be doing in July. So uh, we are absolutely working on that actively right now so uh, that's a, a great suggestion though we appreciate it and the other uh, comment you got Will comes to us from Tara so here's what Tara thought of your Hi Pete, Kevin, John, Julie, Corey and Will this is Tara TSWJAN78 on the boards and I just wanted to call and say that I like most of the feedback have absolutely loved Will's first segment last week my husband is a huge race fan, and we have a deal that we can go to Disney World whenever I want as long as he gets to do Richard Petty while we're there. So I just add it to my budget and don't have to listen to Disney again. I wanted to let um, your other listeners know who are interested in doing this that they do offer at the Walt Disney World track a 20% discount um, for AAA members, which brings the rookie experience down to $320, which I know still seems like a lot of money, but as Will said, it's worth it for any diehard race fan. I also wanted to suggest that Pete now send Will to Daytona to compare the two experiences. My husband's dying to try Daytona, but it's a little bit more expensive, so I'd love to know what Will's thoughts are on the two. That's all for now. Stay cool and have a great week. Well, thank you very much for that, Tara. I love how easily you people uh, spend my money. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, the, it's really something else. It's the segment of Tron. We'll use Pete's money. I don't, I don't think Will would object to going no to Daytona. To you. <laughs> welcome, welcome to my world. Well, oh, yeah. let's let's get a few other let's get a few other uh, <laughs> segments under our belt, and then I'll think about sending you out to Daytona. He's all ready to go. He's like, "Yes, now let's do it. tomorrow." No. Send him in a Hummer limo <laughs> while we're at it. You know, just yeah. Why not get on out there? <laughs> do that style. But uh, I like these uh, these colors. Yeah, there's some good suggestions. Good stuff. Yeah, I didn't know about the AAA discount. That's a that's a real good. Uh, yeah, that was a good tip because I do have AAA, so I could have used that. See, Save could have saved money. me money, and but you didn't. <laughs> and you did. Probably shouldn't have said that. Thoughtless, for, thoughtless man. Paid for a third of your photo, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, thanks uh, again, Teresa and Tara, for that. Who has a uh, an email they'd like to read? 
You have a Richard Petty one, don't you? I do have a Richard Petty one. Oh, let's just keep it on the theme. Stick with the theme. This comes to us from Little G Mom, a.k.a. Jennifer. And uh, she says, love the show. Have you, having you wonderful group provide me with a weekly Dis- My Disney Fix. I can keep my insanity in between trips. Uh, thanks. Reading Will's review on Richard Petty has me thinking about getting my husband this as a gift on our next trip in December. He has expressed interest in doing uh, Richard Petty for years when the price was a bit lower but says it's too expensive for what you get now. He doesn't think he'd enjoy it because he has a fast car. Probably more powerful than the one he get to drive at Richard Petty. No. Uh, it's a Cobra. It's a Ford. He's a Ford man, so he's got a Mustang. I do, too. There you go. Keep it up. <laughs> he says uh, he could do so many other things with that money. He's raced his car on the eighth-mile track before. Has t- takes it out to stretch your wheels every once in a while. So um, along with his motor- motorcycle, that feeds his need for speed. Uh, so I'm on the fence as whether he would enjoy this. I hate to pay for this without telling him so that it would be a surprise and then him be disappointed for it, think it's a waste of his time. Uh, just how long does a rookie experience take? Well, that's kind of two parts. It's like a half day, three, four hours, the whole deal. But I replied to Jennifer, I think if I absolutely think he would enjoy this. If he likes fast cars, if he likes uh, racing in the eighth mile track, it's probably a drag strip. Um, you know, that's you're going straight. This is a real track in a real. How many chances do you get to jump in a real stock car? This is an experience, an activity that you can come and do outside of Disney. It's a whole different experience. And for anybody that's in the cars, Likes to go fast. This is right up their alley. So mm. I say do it. Well, absolutely cool. do it. Will's a Will's a fan. You can hear it. Oh, you yeah. hear it in his voice. Sure, he's a fan. I love racing. Well, no, I'm just saying you re- obviously really enjoyed this experience. I mean, yeah, it was great, and you I actually delivered that with a lot of passion. I uh, yeah. I got the DVD yesterday, so it was pretty cool. Oh, how did it, it come it, out? Good. It yeah, cool. yeah. I'm trying to. I've been working on trying to edit it and. Slice it started, in. So, they, yeah. showed cool. you, they showed you in the car mm-hmm. while you're driving. Yeah, that's pretty neat. That's cool. I can't wait to see. Did they cut out your cursing? No. <laughs> but it's the audio is so loud. The car is so loud. You can't you can't really hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that's good. <laughs> Just read his lips. Oh, uh, all right. Well, thank you very much for that, Will. Who yep. else has a, an email? I have one. Um, dear podcast crow, this comes from uh, Cass, aka Timon, um, Calgary, Alberta. Dear podcast crew, I just finished reading The Imaginering Field Guide to the Magic Kingdom at Walt Disney World. On page 19, it states about Space Mountain that it's not true that it's a large that the large meteorite um, with many craters passing overhead is actually a photo of a chocolate chip cookie. I'm a little confused about this statement because everyone, including our tour guide on my last Keys to the Kingdom tour, agrees that the asteroid is indeed an image of a chocolate chip cookie. The people who help build Walt Disney World are saying that it's not. Do any of you have insider information on this? It's not a cookie. Um, it just looks like one. It just looks like one. I mean, for years and years, a lot of people have looked overhead and like, oh, it looks like a chocolate chip cookie. Um, I, I would guess that if the Imagineers used a cookie as, a, as an asteroid, they would probably brag about it and probably put it in the book that we actually used a cookie yeah. and they would put it in there. My sister is a, a Keys to the Kingdom tour guide and I, I sent this to her and I'm like, can you really just double check with all your tour guides over there and make sure that this is not true? And, and she sent me an email back saying, it's not true. It's not a chocolate chip cookie. So don't know what tour guide you had. Maybe <laughs> they were joking, but it's not a chocolate chip cookie. Don't know what it is, but I've always... Um, gone in there and I'd point to people going look it's a chocolate chip cookie just as a joke 
Yeah. Well, it does look it like does a chocolate chip. It does look like a chocolate Yeah, it does. So. So. Hmm. Well, good. Thank you very much for that, Mr. Martin. Um, our next voicemail comes to us from our good friend Calypso Agogo on the boards. She is planning a meet here in Walt Disney World in late August and wanted to let us know about it. So here she is. Hi, Anthony, Corey, John, Julie, Kevin, Pete, and in the peanut gallery, Will. That was alphabetical, by the way. This is Calypso Agogo. I noticed quite a few listeners will be in Walt Disney World during the last week of August and wanted to give everyone a heads up that I'll be starting a poll on the Diz Unplugged board trying to find a day that might work for an unofficial Dole Whip for Bob meet and greet at the Magic Kingdom. So look for the thread at the beginning of August and try to join us if you can. Thanks and have a wonderful day. That's a good idea. Yeah. Why not? Why not? It's cool. I can see us going over for that. I just made that thread a sticky on the boards. It was requested in chat. I saw that. So it's there now. You can't miss it. Good. Yeah, the uh, Chicago meet apparently was a big Turned success. There's a big meet being planned in Indy. In Indianapolis over, I think it's August 30th, or over Labor Day weekend. Yep, in August. And uh, so it's really cool that you know our listeners are forming these meets and getting together. That's very, very cool. And they're turning out good, too. Yeah, yeah, turning out with some nice turnout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was cool. looking at the pictures from the Chicago meet. I'm like, wow, there are a lot of people there. Yeah. <laughs> well, it even surprised me on uh, on Wednesday when, or on Tuesday when we uh, did the call-in show. How many, I mean, you, should, you know, I know how many calls we were getting in here. And then that poor woman <laughs> in the limo company, uh, which she was uh, which she was getting. But it just gives you, an, I mean, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. And I didn't even announce it. Like, you know, just post it on the board. Couple hours before we did the show, <laughs> so she said this will be in August. I think that's right. Uh, yeah. yeah, in August. So, if you're interested, head out to our podcast uh, discussion boards at disboards.com. There's a link to that in our show notes page as well, and you can find threads about this and just about anything else you want to talk about. <laughs> so, all right, who else has a uh, an email they'd like to read, Walter? I have one. This is from Kelsey from Bel Air, Air, Maryland. Hey, guys. Sorry if this has been discussed, but what is Yak and Yeti like? I'm a little worried that we will not enjoy it. We are leaving on July 1st for 16 Days of Magic. Hope you guys can help. Kelsey, Prince Kelts. Uh, P.S. Keep up the good podcast work. Pete, didn't Kevin like that restaurant? Um, I think he gave it a mixed review. He liked his appetizers, but there were some aspects of the meal he wasn't uh, wasn't overly impressed with. Uh, we'll include a link on the show notes page to the uh, Yak and Yeti review he wrote up. It was from last year. It was like I think he went around opening time. Yeah, too, he did. So it's, it's really hard was, to yeah, review a restaurant around that time. It was in soft opening. Yeah. Um, so we'll but we'll include a uh, a link to it in the show notes page so you can read it. But if you just do a search on our dining database for Yak and Yeti, it. it uh, You'll see a link to his dining review there as well. So, but uh, I, I haven't, I haven't tried it. I haven't been there either. I know Bob wasn't overwhelmed, if, I'm, if I remember correctly. When he tried it, he wasn't overwhelmed. What type of food is it? It's like uh, Asian fusion. Like. Yeah, okay. I like bought they, a beer at the outside mark, but that's I was about, about to say that. <laughs> but I remember, remember Kevin talking about you know the, the the one of the entrees came with like a Vietnamese garnish of fish oil. Uh, and it was so disgusting they had to ask him to take it off the table. Oh. Yeah. Can you imagine? 
Gross. Imagine them putting that on my table. I'd be like... All right, I do have a, uh, an email here I'm going to read from Charles Hackney in Melbourne, Florida. He writes, first off, I love your show and find your humor and Pete's rants get me through the week. Glad you enjoy them. Uh, I'm an AP holder and I'm excited about the idea that I can now add a dining plan to my stays. A friend of mine and I, a non-annual pass holder, are planning a trip but want to use the dining plan. We will be sharing a room. Is there a way to do this since I do not need tickets, but she does? Or can I be on the AP-style dining plan and she could be on the Magic Your Way plan? I understand that it may not be possible for us to use the plan, but I thought it wouldn't hurt to ask. Keep up the great work, Charles. Um, Actually, Charles, no. uh, It it really doesn't require that everybody in the party be an annual pass holder, just whoever whoever the the room's name is in, uh, and you can attach the dining plan to everyone in your party. So there's no problem. Uh, with uh, you getting the dining plan for her, and yeah, that was that was an easy one. That was an easy one. I had to ask Regina though because I wasn't a hundred percent sure. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they can do that for the whole room. You had to go to the all-knowing Mama Reg. Yeah, for those not familiar, um, for a while there, annual pass holders were kind of left out in the cold as far as the dining plan was concerned because it required you to buy a, buy a package. In order to get the dining plan, but if you're an annual pass holder, you don't want to you know you don't want to spend the money for the tickets that are included with the package because you've got an annual pass. Yeah, right. So uh, a few months back, forgot when it was. I think it was late last year or early this year. They went ahead and added uh, the ability to add a dining plan to your uh, reservation if you're booking a room only with your annual pass discount, which I thought was really cool. I know annual pass holders were very happy, but yeah, you just. Just the uh, lead on the reservation, whoever's, uh, whoever's name the room is in, that person does need to be a valid annual pass holder, but then you can get the dining plan for uh, attached to each card in the room. So, enjoy. And let's say we play another voicemail. Next up, we have Ryan from Dublin, Ohio, who has some... Uh, actually, since we were just talking about the dining plan, this is a good segue. He has some tips about using the Disney dining plan. So here's Ryan. Hello, podcast team. This is Ryan from Dublin, Ohio, and my partner and I just got back from a seven-day trip to the world. We came up with a tip we want to share for those guests staying on property and using the dining plan like ourselves. We used one of our quick-service meals to eat at the Pepper Market at the Coronado Springs Resort. As Kevin has said before, the food was good and the wide selection was excellent. The menu and stamp tag indicated a 10% service charge would be added to the bill at checkout, which we naturally assumed was for the service staff who took care of drinks and clearing our plates. When we went to check out, the manager informed us that the 10% service charge could not be included on the dining plan, which was not a surprise to us. We had gotten into the habit of carrying our keys to World Card and photo ID, so we didn't have any cash available on us at the time. Having served for many years ourselves, we wanted to make sure our server was taken care of and asked for the gratuity placed on our room charge, as we had been doing with all of our table service meals. Unfortunately, the computer system wasn't set up to process that type of payment. We felt awful about not leaving a tip, so we made sure once we got to our hotel to place the gratuity in a labeled envelope, took it at the concierge desk, and they sent it through interdepartmental mail to the manager at the pepper market, who assured us it would get to the server. We recommend that anyone planning to eat at the pepper market using their dining plan quick service credits should bring some cash in order to leave a tip. The last thing I want to mention was that the desserts in the glass case are not included with the quick service meal, and we also found that out the hard way, despite asking if there are any exclusions. 
Hope these tips help, and thank you for all your hard work on the show. Well, thanks very much, Ryan. That is a, that is a good tip. First of all, reminding everybody that you can uh, eat at the pepper market on using the snack credit on the dining plan is a, is a good tip uh, in and of itself. Uh, for those of you not familiar with the pepper market, this is the food court at Coronado Springs, done a little bit differently than some of the other food courts. Yeah. Rather than just you know walking up to a kiosk and ordering what you want and paying for it, you're given a uh, a card basically that has the name of uh, you know it was like each restaurant and they stamp it when you go around. You, you order what you want. They have like seven or eight different areas, different types of food. Order what you want. They stamp it on your card, and at the end of the at the end of your meal as you're leaving, you present the card to the cashier who rings it all up. And isn't that am I right? That's how it goes. It's been a while. I don't know what's on the card. I know you get one. Yeah, I know you get a card that gets stamped. It's yeah. been a while since I've done it, too. It is one of the nicest food courts. It is, and the food is really good, and a lot of people like it. I know John and Kevin are big fans. Uh, Bob was a big fan. Yeah. And uh, so the, the pepper market really is something kind of unique, and it's probably one of the only reasons, in my opinion, to even bother going to Coronado Springs. Um, never been a big fan of that resort. Don't think I ever will be. But uh, so that's, you know, Coronado has one of the best food courts. They have the pool. biggest pool, the biggest slide out of all the moderate resorts. I mean, it's just it's amazing. Yeah, too bad it's a crappy resort. It's very photogenic. You have to walk three hundred miles to get anywhere. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> so, but uh, also in terms of making sure you have cash for tips, that's a that's a very good suggestion as well. That's a shame they can't put it on the, the card. Yeah, because it wasn't set up for it. Because, so. you know, the servers are suffering from that. Yeah, because I, I think, unfortunately, very few people would go to the lengths he went to mm-hmm. right. to make sure they got a tip. Yeah. And I'm right there with you. I waited tables when I was younger as well. And I've never forgotten how, how hard that work is, so I always try and be very, very generous to servers. Yeah, we decide if we're going to valet or not if we have cash in our pocket. If we don't oh, have yeah. cash, we just Oh, absolutely we'll not. Absolutely. Park somewhere else. And it kills me to <laughs> self-park. It kills me. <laughs> I didn't know you ever did. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, Walter. <laughs> very funny. Yeah, you know, I get you know, I, I get home and I just sit and wait for somebody to come <laughs> take the car. Maxwell. <laughs> More like where's Will? Yeah, <laughs> William. Oh, will you do that? Go yeah. park cars and get coffee. Cool. Cool. Good to know. Good to know. All right. Who else has a um, I an do. email? Mrs. Martin. Mine's from Jenny. She's from right here in Orlando, Florida. A loyal listener and frequent park goer as well. I was wondering what attraction shows or even restaurants at the big three parks, Disney Universal or SeaWorld, you each have not experienced. And if there is a good reason, whether you're scared, etc., you guys sound like you've done everything, but I bet there's something you haven't done. I've made up my list, and I'm working to see or do everything at least once. Thanks a bunch. Love the show. My... One thing would be Mission Space at Epcot. I've never done it. I don't plan on doing it ever. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound. Um, at Universal, I've never done the the Sinbad, whatever that thing is. What is it called? Oh, the, the, the seventh voyage of Sinbad, yeah. or something, yeah, something yeah. like that. I've never done that. You're I really not don't missing, plan you're, on you're it. not missing much. And I don't think I've I've ever ridden. Isn't it Kraken at SeaWorld? Yeah, I've yeah. never ridden that, but I probably would. Yeah, any of the major roller coasters, uh, I just, no, no. The Hulk, uh, Dueling Dragons, Rock and Roller Coaster, um, Kraken, never done any of those, never will, haven't done Mission Space. 
I don't need to take two hundred my two hundred and fifty pound frame and put it in a centrifuge. <laughs> you know, it's like just a little that's just a little much. So we also have not eaten at Les Chefs de France. And I want to eat there. No, we haven't. No, I've eaten I've eaten everywhere in Epcot. I've eaten everywhere in the Magic Kingdom. I haven't eaten at Yak and Yeti yet, but that's brand new, so well not brand new. It's been open <laughs> since November. <laughs> um, I haven't gotten over there yet. He doesn't like eating when there's fresh paint smell. <laughs> well, I'm just not a. I'm not a big. Uh, I'm not saying I'm not a big fan of Animal Kingdom. It's just not a park I find myself in, unless there is a really specific reason to go. Us too. And it just. It's very. It's a very hot park. It's just. There's very little shade. <laughs> there's very few places to sit. You cannot escape the crowd. And you cannot escape the crowd. And. What about you, Corey? I've done everything at Disney. Um, basically everything at Universal and Islands. Um, I've only been to SeaWorld once, believe it or not. So I've I've never been on Kraken. That's not, a crime. Not because I, I wouldn't do it. It's just the day I went, it was just basically a photo day. Go and take photos. So I've I've never been on that. But that's that's really it. I mean, I've, I'll do anything. I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I've never done Playhouse Disney. I was about to say, there's got to be something at yeah. Disney you haven't done. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah. yeah, some of the things like that. Playhouse Disney, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I haven't, I haven't eaten at the uh, the NBA restaurant at City Walk. Don't. Yeah. I haven't. Eaten, yeah, that's right. You guys didn't like that very much. Yeah. Will. Well, Will. Will. The Will's list. The, 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 the better <laughs> list is what he has done. Yeah, really. Yeah. Well, what are some things that you can't wait to do? Universal. Find a like Richard Petty Daytona, Richard yeah, Petty, find a girlfriend. <laughs> I mean, if I'm I'm excited about the fishing trip coming up. That's going to be cool. Yeah, um, there's so much at Disney I haven't done, so it's just. Well, I haven't done that. I mean, I guess I'm talking about the rides. I've done all the rides, but you're right. That that'll be cool. I've never done Rock and Roller Coaster. That's the only big roller coaster I haven't done here. I haven't. You'll done enjoy that. that. And one. I'm I'm I want to do Soren real bad. Yeah, he should. Every time I go the there, Soren's it's like, great. It's, it's do that when you so can. long. So. You have to get up extra early That's and get yourself list. a fast pass. Get a fast <laughs> yeah, well, no. well, you're not alone. I mean, Walter hasn't, you know, Walter hasn't done much in the parks either. You and I could go together because I haven't done all that much. You like big oh, you'll go with him. You won't go with me. No, he said okay. we'll go together, but I just know. Uh, well, I haven't uh, done cracking. He and I have not tried as many things ain't that as interesting. other people. I want to take Will to Blizzard and bring him on Summit Plummet. <laughs> you'll love that one. Is That'd that cool. the... Nick, go, go with Will for that, Walter. Yeah. That's the... So I can pull my... Straight up. down? 120 feet Swim in the air, that 60 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yes, many people come down topless and with major wedgies. Squeeze, squeeze <laughs> your cheeks. Major, yeah. <laughs> I've done it before, yes. <laughs> oh, too much. Too much. Well, that's a good question, though, mm-hmm. what we haven't done. It's really tough to do everything at Disney and Universal. I mean, there's yeah, so it much is. to do. It is. So, well, good. Thank you very much for that. Mrs. Martin, our, uh, our next voicemail comes to us from Melissa in Frisco, Texas, who has a question about uh, concierge at the Grand Californian. So here is Melissa. Hey, podcast crew. This is Melissa from Frisco, Texas. I was calling because I am considering taking a trip to California in either October or November and staying at the Grand Californian on the concierge level with my vacation club points. And I'm wondering if any of you have experience with uh, the concierge level there and if you think it would be worth the additional points. Thanks, guys. Have a great show. 
Bye. Well, Melissa, you didn't leave us your uh, contact information, so if you could please make sure to email Julie with that so we can get your uh, T-shirt out to you. Um, and as far as your question uh, for the Grand Californian Concierge, um, I've done concierge at all three of the resorts out there. My personal opinion, if you're going to do concierge, do it at the Disneyland Hotel. Um, that is not to take anything away from the concierge staff or service uh, at the Grand Californian because it was quite good. But the I found I liked the lounge much better at the Disneyland Hotel. And quite frankly, if I have to be brutally honest, of the three hotels... Pretty much right now, uh, Disneyland Hotel is my is my absolute favorite. That's where I'll be staying pretty much from now on when I go out there. So, and I'll tell you, the lounge up there is great. They put out some great food, some great stuff. It's a great place to watch fireworks from. Um, I don't think you can see the fireworks from the Grand California Concierge Lounge. I'm not sure. But you can see them. You can see the Magic Kingdom fireworks from the Disneyland Hotel's uh, Concierge Lounge. Plus, they've got those great floor-to-ceiling windows that just go on for an entire wall for, like, you know, 30 feet. Just a beautiful view of the resort. So that would be my suggestion. And, you know, again, when it comes to concierge, people need to understand that if you are looking at it from the standpoint of value for dollars spent, or in this case, value for points spent, then you're missing the point of concierge. Concierge is a luxury. Luxuries very rarely have uh, can be quantified like that. Um, you you know the average price, the average difference in price between a regular room and a concierge room is anywhere between a, an, an additional hundred to hundred and fifty dollars a night. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be getting your money's worth out of that. So this is all about having the lounge, having the snacks, having access to the concierge who can set up reservations for you and do things like that for you. It's a perk. It's a nice luxury. And if you go into it like that, if you go into it looking for value, you're going to come out disappointed. Yeah, you can't go into the drink happy hour going, I've got to get my money's worth of wine. You know, not to say in that, an hour. Well, it's not, and, but it's <laughs> not, you know, <laughs> and that's not to say that, you know, for some people, that luxury alone is a value. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking, if you're going into it looking for, am I getting a good bang for my buck on concierge? You never do. It's all about. It's all about service. It's all about you know perks and amenities and things like that. So, mm-hmm. always feel like I have to remind people of that because I think too many people go into it with a different expectation that they're going to be you know they're not going to have to eat meals if they stay in concierge. No, that's, <laughs> not, no, that's not, not the case. Not true. I hope that answers your question. Who else has a voicemail they'd like to read? Anybody have a voicemail they'd like to read? Oh, sorry, an email. <laughs> an email. I got it. You got voicemail on the brain. Okay, I got another one. This is Quanita92 from the boards and a weekly listener to the podcast. I have recently heard about an upcoming project developing in Dubai called Dubai Land. Dubai. Dubai. Dubai Land. <laughs> I even had it written down when I did it wrong. <clears throat> the information from the site says the development is expected to be a full feature city divided into seven themed worlds. Theme parks, culture and science, planetariums, sports activities, well-being and health, shopping and retail, and resorts and hotels. To buy land, we'll have a minimum of 55 hotels within the geographical location. It will be built on a 107-square-mile site and will include 45 mega-projects and 200 sub-projects 
and will be twice the size of Disney World, including Legoland, Six Flags, DreamWorks Studio Theme Park, Universal Studios, Tiger Woods, Dubai, Islamic Culture and Science World, Kid City, Giants World, Water Parks, Dubai Snow Dome, and Indoor Ski Resort. Jeez. The venture is expected to attract approximately 200,000 visitors daily and will cost approximately $7. Wait, I'm sorry, $70 billion U.S. dollars to build. Completion of the final phase is targeted for sometime between 2015 and 2018. My question is, how do you think this will affect Walt Disney World? Is This, this project is huge and competition, competition will definitely sizzle. I don't think it's going to affect Disney that much because uh, you're talking the other side of the world. Well, yeah, I think there's a, you know, a number of considerations. I think if you're looking at uh, where it could possibly hurt Disney would be uh, maybe in some of the international uh, business. Uh, I think visitors from uh, Europe in particular and other countries are a bit more comfortable traveling to Dubai and the Middle East than Americans are. I think the likelihood that you're going to get any substantial amount of America, and I could be wrong, 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 but I don't think I am. The likelihood that you'll get a substantial amount of Americans to fly to the United, United Arab Emirates in the Middle East to go to you know, Disney World on steroids, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure that's ever going to happen. It sounds amazing. Everything sounds amazing but except here's Dubai. The, but yeah, <laughs> Dubai you, you're right. putting it in Dubai, and yeah, you just pretty much ruled me out. But you know, seventy billion dollars, right? Like the indoor this is, or a ski resort. You want to know sounds, the, the last time you pulled up to the pump and you paid four fifty a gallon for your gas? You wonder where it's going? It's going to Dubai World, <laughs> fifty resorts. They're building an indoor ski resort in the middle of the desert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, Dubai is like, I mean, there's like, isn't like the, the, the uh, largest building in the world is now in Dubai, that big hotel? I don't know. That, and I imagine the cost of a vacation here. I mean, United, United Arab Emirates is not, there's no discount hotels. I don't think there's going to be any Ramada inns or uh, holiday inns going up in Dubai world. So I imagine from a cost perspective, from an interest perspective, Disney has nothing to worry about, at least in terms of its domestic uh, customers. I think it's much more common uh, in Europe and in other places to travel to you know, places like that. So, Well, our exchange rate sucks, too. I don't know what it's like in Dubai, but... I'm sure. I'm sure the dollar is used as toilet paper in Dubai. To <laughs> <laughs> be quite frank... Um, I can't imagine. I don't know. I have no idea of international finance, but um, I know the. I know Dubai is a pretty rich place. A lot of money in Dubai. So obviously, well, thank you for that, uh, Quinita, and Walter for reading it. I was really hoping you were going to screw more of it up so I could make fun of you, but you didn't. You Alas, didn't. no. Alas, <laughs> no. You say that a lot. What? Alas. Mm-hmm. Not many yeah. people use that word a whole lot. It's cute. Yeah, he does. He does use that word. All right, our next uh, voicemail comes to us from 
Penny in Norman, Oklahoma. I had to find my place <laughs> in the list. Uh, comes from Kenny in Norman, Oklahoma, who has questions about bringing a toddler to Walt Disney World. Here's Kenny. Hey, guys. This is Kenny from Norman, Oklahoma. Um, I've been listening to your show for the past month now and really enjoy it. It's a really great show. I had a question. We, My family are going to go to Disney World at the end of September, and we're traveling with a four-year-old and a one-year-old. And my question was, is there going to be anything for my one-year-old to do there? Um, she really likes – she loves to do things, but we weren't really sure um, – as far as rides, what she if she was going to be able to go on any rides, or if she just had we had to do the baby switching or the swapping or whatever they call it. And if you could let me know uh, what she might be able to do or what we might how we would accommodate her and everything, that would be great. Thank you. Well, thank you for the call, Kenny. And uh, my my experience with uh, toddlers at Disney World is woefully limited so uh we have uh, miss regina on the phone and uh she can give you some ideas about uh what to do with a one-year-old at the parks what do you think regina yeah so i am the resident mommy so much as my kids have grown we did start taking them when they were little which uh, there's, there's yeah, so her, her youngest is uh 53 right? <laughs> 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 no my youngest is 23 but she was she was two when she first went to Disney World. So um, there's lots of things you can do with um, with the baby. You don't I have to thinking. sit on the bench the whole time. Yeah. Um, the thing is just picking and choosing what the baby will tolerate. Any rides that don't have height restrictions, you can take the baby on. But that doesn't necessarily mean that's a great choice. Uh, things like the Circle Vision movies or American Adventure or the Hall of Presidents, sure, you can take the baby in, but... Not only will the baby be crying, they, those rides make me cry. They're so, they're so <laughs> boring, but um, that's just my opinion. And the thing with babies is they like colorful, they like loud, but not like crazy loud. And they just like to see a lot of action. So um, the Festival of the Lion King over at Animal Kingdom, the Finding Nemo stage show, those would be good choices for a baby. As, uh, Playhouse Disney over at uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios. That would be another good choice. The 3D shows like Mickey's Filler Magic and Muppet Vision, babies don't like those glasses. Yeah, I've seen plenty of people trying to trying to get their baby to wear them. Babies don't want anything to do with them and that just blurs what they're seeing and a lot of times you hear babies get a little fussy on those. Well, now, Regina, conventional wisdom, you know, or just anecdotally what I've heard from people over the years is that, you know, don't take your kid to Disney until they're like five or six. A lot of people feel that way, but you think you feel there's a lot, a lot there to do if you do want to bring a toddler. Well, it's not going to limit you to the extent where you're going to be sitting in the room with this baby while everybody else is at the park. But, you know, you, you certainly, is it ideal? It, again, it, it, it's hard to say because in many instances, such as this one, you have an older sibling. How long do you make the um, the brother or sister wait? Yeah, yeah. 
for the baby to catch up. And and certainly, even the, that age, the age when they're, the older siblings are probably in an age group where you're also going to have to um, go on the milder rides anyway. So it's not a big deal to take the baby. Um, like babies like Fantasyland is great. You have... Yeah. Um, Peter Pan, you have Small World. Dumbo. Dumbo. You have Dumbo. Mm-hmm. Um, this, you know, there's a lot of things. So you can take a bait, the, rip, the riverboat. Mm. And that's great because you can move around. Right. You have the baby in the stroller. You can ride the carousel. Yes, you can. Until the baby starts to uh, cry. Yeah. At which point you have to sedate it. <laughs> you know, pirates is calm, but it could uh, the, the cannon be scary. I be yeah. the dark ride. Yeah, dark. You I have think to would be, be bad. cautious with. Yeah, I wouldn't do much as the baby wouldn't be aware of what's in haunted mansion. Just the fact that it's so dark could be scary for yeah. for a baby. Uh, same with pirates. That's that's one of the darker rides. Again, nothing nothing scary, but to a baby, it's it, they don't have mm-hmm. the ability to figure out what's going on. It could be a little scary. I think the and Jungle Cruise would be interesting to a one-year-old. It could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would probably hold a little one's interest. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. It's good. Uh, the Tiki Room. Oh, God. That'll just I drive know. Mom and Dad crazy. <laughs> the Tiki, 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 <laughs> The baby would probably like it. Yep. And you have to be careful. There's one ride I definitely, much as you can go on Ellen's Energy Adventure, I would not take a baby on that. Because no. Uh, you are literally trapped in there, and if you need to get out, and that's a long ride too, isn't it? Like twenty, twenty-five minutes. Oh, uh, it's longer than that. Yeah, it's long. It's very long. You can take a nap though. That's possible. Yeah. Well, you have no guarantees. <laughs> <laughs> and they have the baby care centers in all of the um, all the theme parks. That's also a nice place to take the baby, feed them. Um, Take, you know, take care of his needs. Mm-hmm. His diaper. That too. And then the baby changing stations. And please don't change it on the bench next to me. <laughs> I'll write about it on the Diz. <laughs> when there's two perfectly empty benches to the left of me, pick one of those if you're going to do it on a bench. Don't put the baby next to me and change her there. Thank you very much. Well, she's eating chocolate ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> Did somebody, uh, I don't want to get started with that, but it drives you crazy. <laughs> oh, all right, Regina. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your uh, answering his question because, like I said, I would have been... I mean, Julie had some ideas, but you are the mommy. I am the mommy. So, well, thank you very much, my dear. Okay. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. 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 Well, thank you again, Regina. Thank you, uh, Kenny, for the question. Uh, Miss Martin, you have another email you'd like to read? It's from Paul in Pennsylvania. He says this goes out to Julie, but please help me. <laughs> I'm a divorced dad taking my daughters, 18, 20, and 20, to the world for a second time. We're doing the land sea package. What's a dad to do for these girls? They're too young for the bar scene and too old for little girly things. Clubs on the Wonder? Are there highlights for the parks besides the obvious rides? P.S. They'll be mostly using my money and not theirs. So take note, no shopping, spas. (laughs) We're doing Cirque du Soleil at Downtown Disney, um, parasailing at Castaway, and the water park at Atlantis. 
We leave in a month, so please don't pull a bob and answer next year. <laughs> oh, wow. Remember <laughs> oh, Bob held on to that email for so long? <laughs> I actually have a prop from there. <laughs> um, I would suggest for the cruise, um, you could go to Wave Bands, which it's kind of a club environment but i mean you don't have to be like over a certain age to be in there they have a live band a lot of times and like fun games that they play that are fun to watch um i'm sure they like to dance especially if they're in college they probably go out all the time dad <laughs> i'm sure they have fake ids rest well, assured. <laughs> now i know i know dad says no spa on the ship um really you should reconsider that i think so too he should at least um, let him go and have like a pedicure and at the very least, yeah. if not a facial and a pedicure. But the spa is such a great experience on the ship. You know, Even if it's just a matter of uh, getting a rainforest pass for everybody. What are they, $75, I think they are, for the I week? 75 or $100 for the week. Um, was it? A, did he say if it was a four or a seven night? He didn't. It's a land sea package. So, oh, so it's a four. It's, a, it's either a three or four yeah. night. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be even less expensive than that. Probably about $50 for the pass. And it gives you unlimited access to the rainforest room and some of the other amenities um, in the spa. That and, you know... They're teenage... Well, two of them are 20. I'm assuming they might even be twins. They're going to love laying out by the only, the adult-only pool because right. they're yes. able to. There'll be no children. I'm sure they'll meet other people their age to hang out with, um, more than likely. They're going to love laying out. Um, go see the shows. If they're Disney fans, they will love the shows. Um Window shopping doesn't hurt, you know. I do it all the time. Don't have to buy anything. They also, uh, hmm. in diversion, sometimes they have fun games or little skits that they put on. They also have um, bingo in wave bands sometimes during the day. That could be fun. You could win some money <laughs> so they could go to the spa or shop a little more. <laughs> I think your day at Atlantis will be enough. You'll come back to the ship and be tired. You won't really need other things to do. Uh, but highlights for the parks, I think that you guys should do what they want to do, whatever they want to ride, whatever they want to see. I believe in naps. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Hit the wrong one. <laughs> if they have jobs, encourage them to bring their own money. You can tell them if they want to do more than what you have to offer, tell them. Save up. I mean, you only have a month now but or a couple of weeks. Oh, come on, Dad. Dig deep. <laughs> so those are my only suggestions or ideas. Um, maybe after parasailing at Castaway, go over to the adult beach, rent um, a floaty and a pair of goggles, and go and find big, huge starfish and whatever else is in the water. And Barry the, bar- the barracuda. Yeah, the barracuda. <laughs> the barracudas, yeah. We, we named him. Barry. <laughs> <laughs> I really think they're going to have a good time no matter what you do. I mean, you're on the Disney Cruise Line, for goodness sake. There's tons of stuff to do that, you know, people watch, eat. <laughs> We've never been at lack of something to do on the no, never. cruise. Never. 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 There's always stuff, even like, you know, if you're on, if you're on the four day, on your day at sea, um, unless you're hitting Castaway twice, um, on, on the four day, you know, that, that sea day, you got all sorts of stuff going on on the ship. There's all sorts of seminars and games and projects and all sorts of things they're doing, so... Yep. I understand his dilemma, though. You know, they're they're too old for the kid stuff and right. too young for the adult stuff. To the, the bars, well, only and stuff. the bars. Yeah. I mean, and that really is such a you know, honestly, it's a really minor thing. Half the time, the bars on that ship down on uh, uh, Beat Street, 
are half empty. Yeah. You don't really see them full all that often. Sometimes you Earlier do. in the evening you do when they're having like the newlywed contest yeah. or the band playing or whatever. Exactly. So. Yeah, exactly. Come 1.30, that ship's usually dead. Yeah. So, oh, good. Some good suggestions there. I hope we helped you out a little bit. Yeah, call us when you get back. Let us know, uh, or write us. Let us know how it worked out, <laughs> how your daughters liked it. So, and Walter, you have an email. I have one more. Chris, Chris Morton from Sacramento, California. I'm a new listener to the podcast and find them a great way to fill my drive as I'm an outside sales rep. <clears throat> Since I am a new listener, I'm looking for some clarification. I've heard you talk about Coronado Springs a few times, and it seems like you don't care for it much. My wife and I went to Walt Disney World in January 07 and stayed at the Coronado Springs. While the resort is very spread out and had a convention going on while we were there, I thought it was great. The best part about it was the fact that we didn't have to share a bus with the other resorts when going back to the park or returning to our room. Any input you have would be great. Thanks. Well, you know, Chris, our our opinions on these resorts are just that. They're our opinions. They're no more or less valid valid than yours or anybody else's. And I know there are people who love Coronado. People who, that's their favorite resort. That's where they love to go. And I take nothing away from them. My opinion, way too spread out, way too much walking, um, way too many conventions. And, you know, so for me... It's it's not a good choice. I understand what you're saying. The bus service is a little more convenient because the Coronado doesn't have to share it with, I guess, other other hotels. But I don't know. That's not enough. That's not enough of an argument for me to uh, to stay there. I mean, like we said earlier, I mean, there are some positives as far as the whole dig site area. I mean, the pool area is is nice, but it's. It's far away from some of the areas you might be staying. The food court is also great. But um, I know when Bob stayed there, he did have issues with the transportation. Yeah, he had he had problems. Yeah. yeah, But he also had the cart. The cart. Yeah. So sometimes not all the buses are set up to take the cart. So um, like I said, the drawbacks to the resort, in my opinion, as I listed, were uh, too much walking. Too many conventions. It's just too spread out. It's too spread out for me. Got to travel too far to get something done. That's so. really true. I mean, especially if you're there in the heat. Yeah. I mean, when we were there doing Corey's pool review, it was sweltering. And, you know, I'm just like, why can't they build a bridge over this body of water that goes directly from the little marketplace to the pool? Instead of having to walk a mile this way. Yeah, it's crazy. And I don't know why they needed to take up that much space building that resort. I just, but like I said, you know, there are people who love it and I take nothing away from, you know, anybody who finds that to be a great resort. Uh, that's like I said, that that's as legitimate an opinion on Coronado as mine. But, uh, as far as any other, um, drawbacks, I don't know. Corey did Bob's uh, review have anything I'm reading his review. I mean, he had issues with the breakfast at uh, at Maya Grill. Yeah, I know he did not like the breakfast. I mean, he at walked all. in, walked out. Um, when he first checked in, he, he said there was a challenge with the room. There was a definite smell. It jumped out at us right when we uh, we walked in. We called to get a new room. No problem. Um, they got a new room. That one still had a smell. <laughs> uh, service was just okay. No warm fuzzy. That's typical, Bob. 
Um, you know, it's he just. This is just a list of basic uh, key points. Safe is very small, seven and a half inches. Eleven an inch piece of paper fits. <laughs> yeah, he had so, yeah, no seven and a half by eleven paper just fits. Pop had one that uh, the laptop fit in. Yeah, he was really which is eleven by sixteen. He was really obsessed by that. By so, what his laptop fit in the safe? He didn't yeah. want to leave his laptop out. Small coffee maker, no decaf. <laughs> yeah, Bob they couldn't have, have caffeine. They all had small coffee makers. So. so I'll have to go through his whole all his notes and try to put something together. Well, Chris, I hope that uh, that answers your your question as best we can, anyway. And to wrap up the show, we have uh, two more voicemails we're going to play, both on the same topic. Um, apparently, my pronunciation of a particular drum was incorrect. Uh, we're talking about the drum roll that we play in the beginning of the uh, prize announcements. Yeah. I called it a timpani drum, and apparently it's called a timpani. That's how wow. it's pronounced. Potato, potato. So... <laughs> We have, uh, we'll start with uh, Kevin in Utah, and uh, he, he had to call and make sure that he, uh, he let me know that. So here's Kevin. I actually have a prop from that. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, I keep forgetting that. Keep forgetting that. All right. Now, here's, here is Kevin. Hello, this is Kevin Kundick from Salt Lake City, Utah, calling with a little bit of feedback on the sound effect when a prize is given. On the last show, I heard that it was pronounced a timpani drum. The correct word is timpani, and it is also referred to as a kettle drum. Timpani is the plural form of the word, and one timpani would be a tympanum. Thought I might pass this information along to you so that uh, we don't have too many more Bob Monet. Oh, Man. Thanks for leaving your contact info. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I guess they figured since they were criticizing yeah, me, he, he they weren't going to. You still get a prize. <laughs> still, yeah, you still get you still get a T-shirt. So, Kevin, make sure you get in touch with Julie. Any more Bob moments? I'll give you a Bob That's moment. That's funny. And uh, just call the drum roll. <laughs> and then, of course, we have a listener in Northern California mm. who was too afraid to leave his contact information. Pete Timpani, are you kidding me? It's pronounced timpani, timpani, or is this some sort of East Coast, you know, slang thing for it? Anyway, I'm not going to tell you who this is because I don't want to get ruled out of some prize later on. Oh, it's that jerk calling me back. Ah, he's not getting nothing. I'm not telling you who this is, but it's a big fan from out in California. Oh, I told you too much. Anyway, keep up the great work of the show. Love the show. Um, I'll talk to y'all later. Take care. Bye. Hmm. It's funny how they turn on you. Hmm. And he's from California, yeah. and he said y'all. I'm about to say, at least he We're said y'all. We're going to do some so investigating on who that was. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have your phone numbers, both of you. <laughs> Those voicemails all come through with the phone numbers attached. So. I'm going to start mispronouncing things on purpose. I don't know. They're pretty brutal. You might not want to do yeah. that. I have no idea what a, t- a timpani drum is. Don't you know nothing? Just a drum roll. Don't you know nothing? <laughs> I'm not changing the bank again. (laughs) So, all right, folks, that is going to do it for our email show for this week. Just a reminder to everyone, if you'd like to call in and leave a voicemail, the number is toll-free in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, 877-310-9662. 
via email, podcast at wdwinfo.com. And if we play your voicemail or read your email on the show, you will get your very own Diz Unplugged t-shirt or Diz Unplugged pin and lanyard. Those are your choice. It's your choice. And at the end of every month, we select one of our listeners at random who called in or wrote in. And that person gets a shot at the prize, Matron. Gave away $2,000 in prizes on our discussion show or our, uh, call in. our call-in show that goes up, uh, goes up tomorrow, Friday. So we got plenty of prizes to give away. So send us your voicemails and your emails, and we'll be back with you again next week with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks very much for listening. Have a great week, everybody.